expect is someone else, right? <laughs> By the look of your face. <laughs> we have the flower and fruit offering. Thank you, thank you for the flowers. We don't have, we have enough already. <laughs> thank you, come on. Huh? <laughs> you see, that's the price of being a master. <laughs> and bear whatever comes. <laughs> okay, thank you. you. You cannot refuse love, yeah, self. Thank you, brother, sisters. Thank you so much. Hi. <laughs> Thank you all. Now, Forrest McElwain will introduce Master to you. today. <laughs> I'm also impressed. Are you not? Yeah? I didn't know they make such a very, uh, how to say, weighty programs. <laughs> Good evening. I promise you first of all that I won't delay you long from the Master. I know there are many other places where you might be tonight, but I'm happy for you that you've chosen to be here with the Supreme Master Shanghai. I could naively take credit and say that it is because of my efforts that I stand before you tonight. But I know that without the Master's help, I would be anywhere but here. I don't know the method or means by which the Master helps, nor do I believe that it is important to satisfy my mind in this way. I am convinced that even before I formally knew the Master Shanghai, the Master was already guiding me towards the path to eternal life and liberation. In fact, the Master often speaks about the ability of the Master to do without doing. I could recount to you numerous experiences where the Master has answered my need for help. In some circumstances, the master intervened even before I realized the seriousness of my plight. On other occasions, the master appeared as teacher to help me to begin to know the real worlds. In general, my life has taken on a stillness unknown to me before. From the moment of my initiation, I have been permeated by the sound. However, Instead of listening to my accounts of experiences, I believe that for those of you who have long searched and come here tonight full of hope, it will be music to your ears to hear that your search for the key to enlightenment is over. My search for the key to enlightenment ended when I was invited to practice the Kuan Yin meditation. The culmination of my blessing was my subsequent initiation by the Supreme Master Shanghai. While I don't know the full nature of the Master, I do know that the Master's nature is rooted in love. For those of you who have been seeking the truth, 
I urge you to take this opportunity that may never again in this life come before you. Here sits before you a supreme master who has traveled a very long distance and yet seeking nothing from you, neither fame nor fortune. The only things asked of you are that you be faithful to your meditation and that you neither do harm to other beings or to yourself. Please listen in a way that you've never listened before, for the master brings you a message of true love. In turn, you stand to gain eternal life and eternal liberation. Once again, please join me in welcoming Master Xing Hai. Thank you, brother. You speak so well. <laughs> it's you now. Oh, it's my turn. All right. <laughs> so. I'm so overwhelmed by your love and the welcome program. I was very tired after journey and also many days of uh, sleepless. But I feel very, very blessed and joyful to join the congregation tonight. I'm sure we will know each other as we have known each other. And there's nothing new to all of us tonight. But let's just remind each other of what we might have forgotten or what we have placed in some very remote corner of our soul and did not have the opportunity to reopen it. That is the enlightenment, enlightening nature of our great selves. I'm overwhelmed not only because of your love, but because of the, 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 the realization that I'm sitting before the Buddhas and God manifestation. And, and that, that brought tears of joy, of joy into my heart. It's not always it's not always that I'm blessed with such realization while sitting with multitude of people. It's just tonight it happened. And this is beautiful. Especially when sometimes I was also kind of discouraged uh, in few days lately, in the late in the last few days. I was thinking whether <laughs> What I'm doing is truly worthwhile. But tonight, because of your love and your very highly developed spiritual wisdom, I feel I will continue. I know I will continue. 
And if in the near future, during my tour, if I have any success in bringing people's happiness and God realization, I will remember Washington, D.C.'s people. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really need it tonight. <laughs> it's very good. You see, enlightenment is already within us. Therefore, whatever our fellow initiates credited to me, I should not accept <laughs> because it is all yours. Whatever greatness, whatever blessing you receive during the course of development in your spiritual training or rediscovery, it is all yours. But because humility is a nature of a highly developed spiritual brotherhood, for therefore they always credit it all the miraculous power, all the blessings to the Master, whoever that Master may be, that happened to be experienced in the path and show them and to rediscover it themselves. If you were not already enlightened, if your nature were not Buddha, I would never be able to make you a Buddha. If God is not already within yourself, I would never be able to show you God inside you. I cannot make a stone into a diamond, however long I polish it. You understand? Yes. So, with all my humbleness, I just would like to tell you that you are very great. You are the Supreme Masters, and we are all one. There is nothing I should teach you except to point to you your precious jewel that you have placed in your pocket and you have forgotten because you're too busy looking elsewhere for it. Many a times you do that. You put things in your pocket, your eyeglasses or money or whatever, important things, and you forgot. <laughs> it's so near to you. You keep looking, you search the whole house. Every corner, you never find it. And so you thought, seeking for your own treasure is so difficult. Actually, it is not true because we just don't know where to look for it. And that is all. And some friends stand around and just say, hey, it's in your pocket. <laughs> that is the job of the master, the so-called master. Yeah. Therefore, the master, since ancient time, if they are called by the name, by the, the title master, by the disciples, actually, they are just like one of us. They should be very humble, and they have all the human qualities that we have and they do not know that they are the master. 
but because of the experiences of the disciples, people credit <laughs> that as the master. <laughs> Just like we say, by your fruit shall you be known. Yes. So anyhow, master or not master, it is not important. The important thing is that experienced friend, which we call master, can show us where our greatness is. And then we make use of it. There's so much vast difference between an enlightened person and a non-enlightened person. Even though both of them are exactly the same in quality, have exactly the same wisdom and possess the same greatness. I just could not tell you how different. I just know it is different. And many of our disciples know that after initiation, right? Yes? yes. Some of you would know, yes. And then after that, you talk to other people who were not yet initiated, not yet rediscover their, the partial, uh, how say, partial quality of their wisdom, they will see a vast difference between them. Even though in the outlook, on the outlook, there's no distinction. Enlightenment can be likened unto someone who already stepped inside the house. Doesn't matter how near he was, he, he is uh, to the door, yeah? and how far he has already, uh, um, how say, uh, already advanced into the depth of the house in order to discover how much treasure there is inside. Once he steps inside the house, he's out of the cold, out of the danger of the wolves, the tigers, and other nature disasters, should it come by. There is a very big difference. Once we are in the house, we know what is inside. If we are near the door, we know at least the inner interior design. And if we step further, into different rooms of our house, we will discover the treasures and all the furnitures, all the precious things that are within the house. And we may go back outside and tell the people what's inside. And the people outside of the house may listen to the story and may repeat it again to someone else that something there, certain such are in the house. But there is a difference between repeating and seeing and enjoying. And also, uh, I'll say, derive the benefit from the safety of being inside the house. Some people ask me, it's okay, I don't need enlightenment, what for? <laughs> yeah. Is it uh, okay not to be enlightened? I say, yes, it is okay. <laughs> There's no choice, anyhow. <laughs> but when we are outside the house, sometimes it is safe, sometimes it is sunny, but sometimes it's rain, sometimes it's typhoon, a lot of things happen. 
And once we know we have a house, we can even step out sometimes. But whenever we want or necessary, we step inside. And there is such things, wonderful things, inside the chamber of our soul that no worldly things could equal. And nothing of this world can bring such happiness to us as when we discover our true greatness. The more we discover how great we are, the more humble we become. And that is the very paradox things, paradoxical things. But it is like that. Because we will become like a child. We will become like a very innocent person. The great sage is like a very innocent person. And it seems like you can tell him anything you want about your talent, about your ambition, about your intelligence, about your degrees, and he will never object you. It's not that he will always try to force his wisdom upon you. It only comes naturally by circumstances or by request. And after speaking, most probably the so-called master will forget everything that was spoken, that has been spoken (laughs) completely. Maybe just remember one or two sentences or maybe none. Because the wisdom comes from the universal a universal uh, storehouse of the common use of all beings. It doesn't belong to one person or a group of any person. It belongs to the ignorant as well as the enlightened. It belongs to the child as well as to an aged senior citizen. Everyone has share of this wisdom. Only if we truly want to know it. By knowing this wisdom, we do not forsake the world. We will not, as as a lack of the enjoyment of the world, but actually we enjoy the world more when the opportunity is there. And only when the opportunity is not there, we'll be happy all the same. And that's the difference. That is the only difference. Because if we do not know our enlightened nature, we always crave for some things that will bring us happiness, or we think they will bring us happiness. Therefore, we become sometimes ambitious, uh, seeking fame and name, seeking uh, properties, seeking beauty, seeking uh, ephemeral love, etc. Thinking these will bring us happiness until we realize that these only breed sorrow most of the time. Only when we are truly enlightened, then we can enjoy anything. Whatever comes, we enjoy. The goodness thing, good things come, then we take it as a gift from God and we enjoy wholeheartedly, without any guilt, without any reservation, without any obstacle whatsoever in our heart or in our thinking. Because the nature of the enlightened person is very free. 
very carefree, very easy, just like a child. If you give him something good, he accepts it. He will not think that you want to trick him <laughs> or whether he deserves it or not. He just accepts. And when the circumstance uh, does not allow that we have comfort or richness in life, then we are also happy carry on that way. We have no desire for material greatness. But that doesn't mean that we do not strive to work for the society and that we do not try our best to fulfill our obligation as a citizen of the world. We do. We do all the same. We do more effectively and with our willingness to contribute uh, our part to the whole world. The difference is that we do without desire for reward, without desire for praise. And should we uh, fail, or should even people misunderstand us uh, uh, of our uh, goodwill, we still can bear it. We will not uh, uh, have any, how to say, um, suffering in our heart. Many of my disciples have told me, I mean our fellow practitioners, that after enlightenment, they are much different than before. They know more than before. They understand many things that they never understand before. And they are so different from what they were before. Because I have forgotten what it's like <laughs> to be before or to be after enlightenment. So sometimes it's difficult for me uh, to, to know what they, they were talking about. <laughs> but then sometimes I happen to meet and talk, uh, stay and integrate with some of the non-initiate people. Then I realize what they were talking about. Then I know what the difference between an enlightened person and a not-enlightened person. That is no discrimination. No, no. It's just a statement of what it is, of the reality. Therefore, uh, it's not a proud statement. It's just a realization of the difference between a person who steps inside the house and a person outside. And if I have not the opportunity to truly uh, have a very deep understanding with the non initiated people sometimes, I would have forgotten. Because most often I see people as myself. I forgot whether I am enlightened or they are not enlightened. I have never remembered these things when I meet people. And that's why sometimes, apart from feeling uh, some kind of uh, discouraged during my mission, I also felt in my heart, deep down, that there's no need to teach anybody. <laughs> there's no need to run around the world, no need to answer the invitation of my disciples worldwide and tie myself out on the airplanes, smoking airplane and crowded airport and all that, and hectic schedule. 
because I thought there's no need to do it because I don't see any necessity. But then, uh, just as when I think like that, sometimes the almighty power would remind me that it is necessary (laughs) because there is a big difference between knowing you have a treasure and can make use of it and uh, just knowing you have a treasure but do not know where (laughs) and how to use it. There is a big difference. Therefore, if I continue to travel around the world according to the sincere request of the disciples, it is because of these instants that I know some people do not know that they are great and they long to know. Not because we want to be proud of our greatness, but it is a duty to know our heritage. We cannot just be born into this world and live a few decades of hectic schooling, working, sweating, earning money, struggling with children and family problems, and then kaput, finished. Nothing more to that, nothing more to life, nothing more to the great meaning of human life. And worse still, at the time of live in this world, we suffer. We suffer because of the attachment with our family ties, members. We suffer because we do not know where we are going. We suffer because of the fear of the unknown. And the whole family members, all the beloved ones, just standing us around helpless, seeing us suffering. Therefore, the great way of a gentleman is enlightenment. We must know where we come from and where we are going. Very clearly. Very decisively. Because we are a great human being. We live a life of a hero. We walk life of God on earth. We should not live like Slaves to our money, to our possession, to our whatever desires that the world has labored, has, I would say, found a way to stick it on to our mind. We were not born with desires. We were not born with hatred. We were not born with racist discrimination. We were born innocent and beautiful. So we should remain like that. And we should even be wiser, apart from being innocent. That's the way of a gentleman. That's the way of the great being. If we worship Jesus, if we adore Buddha, if we long to worship, to bow to the sages of the Himalayas, of the ancient time, then we should know that we could be one of them. 
There is no difference between a sage and ourselves. Only one hair apart, <laughs> very thin. <laughs> and when we traverse that, we are there in the circle of sainthood. And if we stay behind just one hair apart, we are ignorant beings, bowing down to all pressures of the world, fearing all kind of things and persons and beings, and knowing not what we are before and after our life. Even then, so we have eyes, but we are just like blind persons. We have ears, but we're just like being deaf. Because heavenly teachings we do not hear. Heavenly kingdoms we do not see. Our greatness we cannot perceive. It is a very pity if we continue our life like that. And we want so much to help the world. We want so much to bring peace into our earth to make it into heaven. But how do we do it if we don't have wisdom? How do we do it if we are not above average? How can our head keep from being wet if we are not above water? So enlightenment is a tool for everything in this life and the life after. We travel far and wide into the galaxies of the universe. We know things that even the most brilliant scientists in this world are dumbfold. That is the ability of a human being. A true human being is not flesh and bones only. It's not the outer appearance of beauty and charm, but it is a great storage of wisdom, of almighty power that could move mountains and do all kind of marvelous miracle powers. Whatever Jesus has done is child play. Whatever Buddha has cared to demonstrate while he was on earth is just a joke. Because what he can, what Jesus can, what Buddha can, is above all that even. It's billion, trillion times greater than that. And we can. That's what I discover. And that's what I would like to remind you. As soon as we pay, uh, we, we draw our attention inside and do not care much for the material comfort and possession, doesn't mean we leave them. We stay in the same house. We stay in the same house, eat the food that we can afford, wear the clothes that we, is, is, uh, that we think fit for the occasions. But our attention is not there anymore. That's the important thing. Not the things in themselves are the obstacle obstacle to our 
sainthood, it is our attention that is the obstacle. Therefore, the attention we should withdraw inward, and then we know everything that Jesus knows, that Buddha knows, and all the sages of old and future we know, because our nature is like that. <laughs> Just like you put the diamond in your pocket, and if you look all over, even you look all over the world, you never find. Not only in your house, you search the whole world, you will never find the diamond if you don't know where it is. Meanwhile, all the while is in your pocket. The world should not be in the, the state uh, that it is right now. If all of us are enlightened, or at least half of us are enlightened, better still, the majority of us are enlightened. And then no need to talk about peace. Peace will come. No need to uh, want anything because we have wisdom. Wisdom is the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is within ourselves. That is our almighty power, which <laughs> stay there dormant and Anytime we can awaken it and make use of it, at least to our own contentment. The enlightened person never know uncontentment, never know want, never know unhappiness, at least not for long. Just probably in the beginning of the practice, when we are not yet stable in our habit and the mind still uh, had the upper hand. So sometimes we might think we want this and that, but then immediately we realize our mistake. Not like before enlightenment, we don't even realize that we have desire, let alone stopping it. Therefore, the difference is very obvious. All this I tell you from my experience. It doesn't mean after enlightenment you sit pretty, cross-legged somewhere in a sofa, and all things become heaven. No. We still have to undergo the little bit of give and take of the karma, the law of uh, cause and retribution, while we are on earth. But we have great power behind backing us up. That doesn't matter what kind of rain or typhoon, we are very stable, safe, secured, content. Because we know nothing can happen to life eternal. Something may happen to our body, but not the real self. If we want another body, we create one. And that is a very, very definite feeling of the enlightened person. The enlightened person do many things, but never feel he's doing anything, even physically. Give away many things, but he never feel that he is a giver. Endure many things, but he never feel that he has patience. He might show his temperament now and again, 
but he never feels guilty because it is fit for the occasion. Therefore, the way of the enlightened person is free, is happiness, and is wise. That is the life that all of us should remember because that is ourself. It's not the life that we think we are now, full of worry about every little thing, about electric bills and about telephone uh, check, and every little thing make us trouble. After enlightenment, we still have all these bills coming. <laughs> no doubt, huh? God will not take them away because it's yours. <laughs> but <laughs> the attitude and the means to overcome these are entirely different. We will find life more relaxed, more easy to meet with all demands from all sides if we are truly, 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 sincerely seek for our wisdom. That's what I can promise. Because I have learned to know this myself. It's not from books, it's not from any teacher, it is from my own experience. Therefore, whatever I share with you is absolutely true, private, and no cost. <laughs> because it's from me. <laughs> I don't borrow it from the bank. No need interest. <laughs> <laughs> and then you will come to realize all this and more for yourselves according to the capacity of your uh, demand and of your work and of uh, the way uh, the universal brotherhood see fit to give you because of your mission in life or your position in this world. Therefore, you see sometimes, even though masters, when they reach mastership, they are equal, yeah? Even that. But you see a slight difference between masters and masters. You can see that through their discourses or through the progress of their disciples or through, uh, I'll say, the, uh, the way he expressed his understanding about the inner realization. Yeah, therefore, there is slightly different between masters even. Why? Not because they are different in the uh, quality. It's just because they're different uh, preposition. Such master couldn't make use of so much, so he has that much, or he, would, he draw that much from within himself to give out. And the other master, in different circumstances, different generation, different uh, nation, will need more or less of different kind of quality, of speech, of uh, explanation. Therefore, we have many of the so-called religious uh, as a doctrines and many different names for different religions which point to the same truth. After enlightenment, we will know that very definitely. We will know the underlying principle of all religions are the same. We will know what they taught when they were alive, the founder of these religions. 
We will know Buddha and Jesus taught just Guan Yin method. We will know Lao Tzu talk in the Tao Te Ching. It's about Guan Yin method, about the light and the sound of heaven, which lift us up above mundane ideal, about all the pettiness of our computer mind, in order that we meet with the higher level of consciousness. And then we know ourselves. And then we know God. Mm. I'm just so happy today. I don't know what I'm saying, whether it's suitable for you or not. I just blab blab on. <laughs> I think I just stop by now, and then you may ask me a question, and I have the opportunity to explain further. Is that okay? Yeah? <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Any question you can ask? Okay. First question. Jesus, Jesus is no longer on this, on this planet Earth. Yep. Does he have power to reach to those who believe in him now? Can we have two masters at the same time? A master who left this Earth and a master who is still on this planet Earth and will leave this Earth? Yeah, we can. We can. Yes. Fortunate are those who meet the master who are still living, but who also are the inner master at the same time. Yes. But also, while you meet the living master, you can also meet the ascended master also. If you reach up to the level of where Jesus resides at this moment, yes, you can see him. Many of our disciples saw Jesus, and many of our disciples saw Buddhas. Is that not so? Are there any disciples here? Is that not true? So, yeah? Yeah. I said, yes. You can't you say it louder? <laughs> Back me up a little. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, sometimes the Buddhists will see Jesus, um, or Mother Mary, and sometimes the Christian will see Buddha or Muhammad. Enough of that picture, okay? This sign is not photogenic, I tell you. <laughs> How do I go about suppressing my ambitions, uh, which have been burdening and obsessing and bothering me so much? Yes. It is because we are not enlightened. And the nature of our ambition is the urge for enlightenment, actually. It's nothing else nothing of a very base nature. It is because we know, we know in our subconsciousness that we are something greater than that. We used to be the boss. We used to be the, <laughs> I'll say, the president of the universe. Therefore, it is difficult to remain lowly while we are on earth. That's why we have greed, we have ambition. So after enlightenment, you will know how to handle your ambition for the good use of your life as well as the world. Nothing bad about ambition, just the way we handle it. Yeah. So if we handle it wisely, with wisdom, it will be very good use. What is happiness and how long can it last? 
uh, all of you know, all of you know, huh? that the worldly happiness is ephemeral. It lasts how long? According to persons and circumstances. But the true happiness which derived from our true nature is everlasting. That's what we would like to introduce to you, which already within you. What are the steps to enlightenment and what level of enlightenment does this technique take you to? It will take you to the source of all beings, where you came from and where all beings will return. Between this earthly level and that absolute level, there are five levels of consciousness or different planes of existence. And if we through the practice of the heavenly light and sound and the guidance of the experienced teacher, pass through these five levels, then we arrive there, at the house of the masters, where all masters came from and returned after the mission, and where we also will come from in order to help other beings should we decide to return to earth or any other uh, earth planet in the universe. So the first step is to get initiation and then everything else will come, okay? Uh, is, the only way, is the only way to go to God through initiation in the light and sound? Yeah, that's the last, the last, the last journey, <laughs> the last part of the journey. You have many other ways also but if you don't reach there, then you're not there. <laughs> Just like the, last, the door of the house, yeah? doesn't matter from which road you travel, if you do not pass through that gate, you do not enter the house. Yeah? So we started from there, <laughs> because we are more fortunate. Is there more than one initiation? No, no, only one. Only one physically, but many... Uh, how to say, um, inwardly, inside, see, depends on the individuals. For example, at the time of initiation, the master or the representative of the master give the same verbal instruction, you see. But the initiation doesn't come from these instructions. The initiation came from within, from the awakening of your own nature. And even then, the levels are different. Therefore, two persons sit in the same place or next to each other, we have entirely different levels. And therefore, also, the master will, from inside, teach individually different. And only him knows, only he inside knows what the master teaches him. And his experience is different from his wife or his kids or his father, brother, etc. Yeah? <laughs> so you can call that different initiations if you wish. But I would say that it is a continuation of learning from different individuals. Master Ching Hai, I have at times a strong desire to become non-existent. Please share your thoughts uh, if there is any on this desire. Oh, I also like that. <laughs> 
I also like to be non-existent so that I don't have to travel uh, and I don't have to be such a great master <laughs> and all this and that and others, yeah? Uh, but since we are already in this existence, we stay, huh? We stay and see what happens next. Meanwhile, we get enlightenment so we can be in the existence level and a non-existent level at the same time. But that non-existent level by no mean empty, eh? by no mean nothingness. It is a life full of rich, full of uh, splendor, full of glory, full of happiness, full of creative energy. Yeah, we will enjoy that life more than the so-called uh, existing life which we know as a human life here, yeah? But we can have both at the same time. It's very wonderful, very wonderful. My children are very important to me. Question, after initiation, will I be able to continue to love them and not merely share an existence with them? What changes will occur in that regard? Oh, my God. <laughs> You have become like a child. <laughs> do all my disciples throw away the children, or what? What do they do with them? What did you do with all the children after initiation? Huh? Love them? Can you love them? Oh, love them more. They say they love them more than before. So you are safe, okay? Keep your children. <laughs> don't worry. I don't want any. <laughs> Is there such a phenomenon as soulmates in this world? If so, what is the spiritual significance of this for people involved? Soulmates are someone that when you met them, uh, met him or her, you feel a very great attraction to each other and that you both will be able to complement each other in life and especially in spiritual progress. That is what's called soulmate. But in the world of non-duality, there's no soul, no mate. Okay? So it's just the talk of this world. Hmm? So whomever you feel uh, that you feel that very attractive to you and very helpful to your uh, daily life activity as well as spiritual uh, endeavor, then that is your soulmate, all right? While we are here, yeah, if we need a mate at all, yeah? How can we tell true masters from false masters? Oh, that I don't know. <laughs> I haven't made any false one. <laughs> I have made only true masters, yeah? False or true is up to you. Hmm? You see, uh, there are many ways to discern a true master, we don't talk about false master. What for? Huh? Okay. True masters are plenty. All of you are true masters. Except when the so-called master just cling to one part of the truth and forsake the rest. And then teach the disciples only one part of it from the whole truth. And then we call him a false master. But actually the name is not very correct. <laughs> Maybe he's a kind of partial master. Yeah. <laughs> part-time job, part-time master, <laughs> but not false, yeah? And when a, a master teaches you the whole truth, 
that is within yourself and awaken that which already exists within yourself. That is the true master because he awakened the true master within yourself. Understand? That is the true master. And what is your true nature? What is the true master within yourself? That is God, that is the Holy Spirit which dwells within your church, your temple. And when that God manifests, we can hear the teaching through the heavenly music. We can see him through visions, through abundant uh, uh, illumination, like thousand suns sometimes. That is our true nature when it's awakened. Okay? So if any master can awaken these heavenly wisdom, vibration, and heavenly light within you, which is your self-nature, which is your self-mastership, then that is a true master. Okay? It takes one to know one. Huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> I praise you so much and you didn't give me any support. <laughs> oh, fine. Enough, enough. <laughs> enough. My ego has satisfied. Thank you. <laughs> Regarding the five requirements you must follow in order to be initiated, what would happen if you don't follow them? Then you don't. Yeah? When you don't follow them, the thing happens is that you don't follow. Huh? What else can I do? Then try again. Okay? If you think that is good for you and good for others and is kind of uh, protective fence around our spiritual sapling, yeah? Then we keep them, okay? <laughs> and don't make damage to your just grown sapling. Yeah. But otherwise, no one is there to condemn you or do anything to you except your own conscience. So try to keep to that. And whenever you fail, stand up, try again. Yeah? <laughs> what is the easiest and safest path to take to self realization and God realization? This method, is it? Did they say it over here? Yeah, yeah, immediate enlightenment, Guan Yin method. <laughs> That's the best, the easiest, and the quickest. You get enlightened immediately, without any preparation, without any cost, without any condition today, after the lecture, okay? And if you don't get enlightenment immediately, money back guarantee. <laughs> oh, by the way, by the way, there's no money back guarantee because we don't charge any penny. <laughs> How should we protect ourselves from the violence of nature and the violence of man? We don't need to protect ourselves. What do we have that we should protect? Before you were born, what do you have? After you die, what do you possess? What is it that's so valuable that we should protect? Throw everything away, let it be. Whatever come, will come. If your body die, your body decay, you have thousands, billions more. Don't worry about anything. If the possession should be yours, you can't even get rid of it. Huh? If that girl should be your fiancé, no one can snatch her away. If that job was to be yours, ordained by heaven... No one can replace it. Don't worry, just relax, okay? <laughs> Get enlightenment. 
Yeah, all this fear keep us from living a happy present moment. Yeah, you see. Therefore, all guilt, all conflict, all hypocritism arise out of this fear of the self, of the ego self. That I have this, I have that, I have fame. I have face. I can't lose face. I can't do that because I'm in this position. I can't scold people because I'm the master. I'm supposed to be very graceful, very soft, spoken, very gentle, etc. Just throw everything away and be at the moment. Whatever required at that moment, do it wholeheartedly with faith in God and with faith in the whole plan of the universal project. Understand? Mm. Christianity teaches we are all sinners. Are we still sinners when enlightened? If so, does it ever end our being sinners? Yes, we are sinners because we believe we are. Because we have no way to rise ourselves above the sinful level, above the mud. If you are in the mud, of course you look muddy, no? Dirty. If you rise up, what the mud has to do with you, whether it's there or not, okay? Understand? So rise up, be enlightened. How can an enlightened human being who is living in a society which is in conflict, for example, Northern Ireland, help to remove the conflict in their society? Very difficult. We can only remove the conflict within ourselves. If everyone does that, there's no conflict to remove. Therefore, even Jesus was so great, Buddha was so grand, but they couldn't remove the conflict within their own border. Understand? And even sometimes the disaster were also affected uh, upon their life. It is because the majority of the people of the world were not at peace, were not enlightened. Therefore, enlightenment is the only requirement for any illness of this world, for any wars, for any conflict. Nothing else is necessary. I've heard many people say that when you are enlightened, you're supposed to shave your hair and wear no makeup. Uh, what, what do you think of this saying and comment? What do you think? Is that correct? No, No, they say no. (laughs) I'll give one A for you. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. I love that. It's very beautiful. You are very open, very enlightened, at least to some degree. Yeah. If you are still cling your attention to anything of this world, whether it's there or not there, you obstruct yourself, right? Your nature is without anything. No dust can cling to your nature, okay? No makeup can cover your Buddha nature. No lipstick can blur away the light of heaven, yeah? If you have eyes, you see I'm radiating light now. Even if I put the whole charcoal on my face, yeah, the whole charcoal, <laughs> charcoal uh, boxes on my face, make myself black, I'm still very white and bright. 
Understand? Yeah? So, if you uh, shave your head, then you are enlightened. Is that right? So why don't you do it? It's so easy. All of you do it. Uh, Steve, your hair is too long <laughs> for enlightenment. <laughs> God doesn't care whether your hair is long or short. Stupid. Uh, yeah. When I met you, my hair was short, and I started growing it after I met you. Why? I don't know. You blame it on me? <laughs> I have no idea. Never mind. Do what you like. It doesn't matter. Okay? Otherwise, all the beautiful Miss Universe cannot get enlightenment. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> and if we say that, all the barber shops, all the beauty salon will close. We create unemployment even more. Is that the life of an enlightened person? Oh, if I preach like that, Mr. Clinton will not be happy. <laughs> he will not give me permission to preach in America. <laughs> Come on. The ego is a strong force. How does one overcome the ego? By being enlightened. Ego is the clinging attention to a small self, which is like, oh, I'm a doctor, I'm a scientist, I'm a teacher, I am such and such intelligent and, uh, how say, high-positioned person, yeah? That is the ego. But when we know our greater self, that loses inside, because we are not only the doctor, we are God, or at least God's children, yeah? We are Buddha, okay? That's the only way to I'll say, melt the ego within the greater frame of the self. What is the source of the world? Hmm? I don't know. <laughs> Take too long. <laughs> Take too long to uh, research. Yeah? Why don't we just live today, get enlightenment, and then we see for ourselves. Because if I tell you, it takes a long time. You know, our world, at least, uh, geographically speaking, has been uh, in existence for trillions of years. And if you want to make a research about it, I never can have time for lecture. Is that not so? Yeah. But the truth, the truth about the world existence lies within ourselves. We have a library inside and when we get to the second level, we can look at it. And then we know everything. Not only about this world, but about many worlds in the universe. Yeah? If one is initiated by you, Master Ching Hai, do we remain your disciple forever? What is the job of a disciple? A job of a disciple is to become a master. <laughs> Therefore, you don't need to be my disciple forever. You don't even need to be my disciples. You are already a master. Just you don't know it. So I tell you how to recognize yourself again. That's all. Yeah? There's no, no disciples, actually. It's just a name that we call ourselves in this physical world. Huh? Could you please explain to me what the mind is? The mind? The mind is nothing but a bundle of attached thinking 
and ideas and informations that we gather in our daily uh, relationship with other beings. And that we call me or the mind. And then we cling to all that. I say, oh, I'm like that. I brush my teeth three times a day. That's me. I never apologize, even when I'm wrong. It's me. <laughs> I am. I don't fear anything. It's me. Yeah, etc., etc. But all these are what? Are just a collected information. Before you were born, you didn't brush your teeth. You have no teeth. <laughs> For example, <laughs> you understand. Therefore, mine is nothing, and we would be very. And why is to listen to this kind of so-called mind? It's just a collected habit, uh, information from others, from societies, and from from our own interrelationship. And then we think we are like that. Oh, I have to eat this. I have to drink coffee because I, it's me. It's my way of life. It's me. But who is that me? Who drinks the coffee before you were born? Coffee wasn't even there hundreds of years ago. For example, huh? Therefore, these things are very unreliable and very nonsensical. They are not you. And that is what most of us call me. Yeah, that is the mind. Once one becomes enlightened, is it possible to lose contact on the conscious level with the enlightenment? I'm not enlightened on this question. What is that? <laughs> lose the conscious what? Um, once you become enlightened, can you lose consciousness of your enlightenment? Oh, yes, 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 possible. Yes, when you sleep. <laughs> yes, sometimes when you meditate, yeah, and then you sleep, yeah? And the light comes, the enlightenment comes, but you're not aware of it, yeah? And when you're not asleep, you're aware of it, okay? How do we quickly give peace to our previously made enemies? Hug him and kiss him. Give him a candy. (laughs) That's what I did this morning. Because some people cannot be enlightened by words. Yeah? or by explanation, or by initiation even. <laughs> Some people need that. Yeah? Just direct, direct love, physical as well as mental, as well as, uh, I would say, emotional. Hmm? How do I escape away from my flesh and love, desire toward the opposite sex? Oh, don't get away from it. <laughs> Otherwise, we have no more children. <laughs> Just stay cool. Have one at a time. <laughs> have one partner only, okay? If you have a soulmate that you found is good for you, and a three-dimensional love, <laughs> physical, emotional, and mental, it's fine, yeah? And then the so-called fleshly desire will lose some of its stronghold on you, after we regulate it with a stable relationship or within marriage. You understand? So don't worry. It's just a beginning. Just a beginning.
Yeah? And afterward it will die down, it will lose its attraction, so just stay cool. Yeah? <laughs> Therefore have one partner, it would be enough. Mm. How can we best help someone who is experiencing serious illness? Well, the car has trouble sometimes, yeah? The car sometimes burn out, sometimes the tire blow out, sometimes the, the how to say, the outskirt is scratched or something. But what do you do with the car? Try to repair it, yeah? So the same with the body. And if uh, sometimes the car is irreparable, it costs more to repair than to buy a new one, then buy a new one. Is that not so? Same with the body. Yeah? Whatever you can do with the car, this car, or the body, do it. If you cannot, I just leave it. <laughs> and God will give you a new car. Hmm? <laughs> new body. <laughs> That's why most people pay so much attention to this car. Hmm? And they have all kind of fear and trouble because of this car. Kill each other for survival just also because of this car. Hate each other just because of this car. Do many things that against our own conscience just because of this car. Therefore, we have to realize this is only an instrument, just like a car that you buy. Yeah? Uh, if a person has a desire to get liberation or go beyond the three worlds, is this desire different than ordinary desire? Yes, it is different. Because by having that desire alone, all other desires die down. Otherwise, we have too many desires, you see? <laughs> and then we have trouble because we are pulled from different directions. Whereas if we have only one upward desire, we pull up. And then we'll be happy. Yeah? We uh, reach our uh, high, high nature. Is love intoxicating? And if so, must we refrain from it according to precept number five? Is what? Drug or love? Is love, love intoxicating? Oh, no, 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 no. Intoxication means drugs, alcohol, and other things that make you become addict make you a slave into, uh, make a slave out of you, also blur your visions, yeah, and damage your brain cells, uh, and uh, uh, I would say impair your ability to think, to see, and to do things clearly. These are drugs, yeah? <laughs> and these are, I would say, uh, intoxicants. In what way can we get energy from meditation? The effortless way. The energy from meditations is already within ourselves. By the power at the time of initiation, through a master, it is awakened. Therefore, when we do the meditation in our so-called method, which has no method at all, we get the direct energy without doing anything. It is a very effortless effort. That is the best way, the natural way, because we, we get what we have. We don't borrow, we don't try, we don't steal, we don't force things to happen, but things coming and happening because it's already there. 
Is enlightenment another term for Zen Buddhism? Yes, if you need that title so much. How likely is it that the few enlightened humans on this earth now can affect the awakening of the sleeping or distracted masses? Distracted masters? Masses. Um, How likely is it that... Are the mass? Uh, I see. Oh, no. Yes, yes. They they will have some uh, impact, yes. (laughs) But, of course, it's best when the majority of the people are all awakened. Would you please address the issue of karma and how we dissolve our previous karmic debts and how that relates to enlightenment? How to resolve the previous debts, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Karma is a Sanskrit, Sanskrit term for the law of as you sow, so shall you reap, which is the law of the lower universe, yeah? And when the master gives you initiation, he pulls you up further. Therefore, the karma downstairs can be burned and doesn't affect you. Just live a little bit for you to carry on this life, which is already smoothed out and lubricated by the master power. Hmm? Therefore, after initiation, you have no more store karma. So you don't have to be reborn again if you don't want to. If you want to be reborn again, it's very easy. We can create karma. (laughs) Or we can borrow it (laughs) from many of other sentient beings and to come down. Yeah? Mm. So initiation is the the destroying of all karmas in the past. So leave no more opportunity for the beings to come back in the future. What do you mean by immediate enlightenment after initiation? I mean immediate enlightenment. Instant. Yeah? Like that. Okay? (laughs) If I show you something which is in your pocket, can you immediately take it out or not? Yes, that is what it is. Because you have it within you. I just point to you where it is so you get it. Master, there are billions of people alive today who will pass from this life without being initiated into your program. Does this mean they cannot reach enlightenment in this lifetime by any other means? Yes, they can. They can. But the degree is different, you see. And uh, sometimes in deep prayer they have glimpses of enlightenment, but that is flickering and sometimes it's gone again. And they don't know. Again, they back into ignorance. But initiation means permanent. You know definitely where the switch is and you switch on anytime you want. And you're inside the circle of light. Yeah? But enlightenment, uh, of, from other uh, ways, it's uh, not always uh, permanent. And sometimes it's dangerous because people do not know how to handle the new discover energy. Therefore, some people become mentally disturbed and all, all kind of queer things or misabusing of the magical power which is from a lower level and become uh, anything, you know, magicians, healers, <laughs> uh, any kind, without reach the highest level of consciousness. 
because without the guidance of the master, we do not know where we are heading to. And then we stumble around and we play around with all kinds of things, and sometimes it's dangerous. Because the path of enlightenment is also full of tricks and pitfalls which we should avoid. Yeah? And with the experience guide, it's easier, faster, safer. But what can we do? What can we do? The world is like that. That's why it is the world. If, it's, if the, the worldly people are all enlightened, we don't call this earth world, we call it heaven. Understand? And the atmosphere around us will be different. Everything will be different. And then we don't even need to work for food. We don't even need to want anything. All things will be there, just like in heaven. Because our merit will be different. Will be manifold, thousandfold. Up to now, just a, f- uh, uh, a few millions of people enlightened, the merit is not enough to cover the whole earth population. Understand? Therefore, we still have disaster, we still have war, even though it's less than before. And all the political ism already lessened in its intensity and the uh, the threat of a fourth war, <laughs> fourth world war, or fifth world war is far away now. Understand? Because of the majority uh, uh, of the people have a higher awareness at the present century due to the mass media, the broadcasting system of enlightening master's message around the world, and due to the large numbers of people who join into the enlightened circle of the sage. Therefore, our world is better. Hmm? Jesus spoke not just of such wonderful ideas as peace, love, and eternal life, but also about the scary idea of eternal punishment. Do you believe that God would ever condemn someone to eternal punishment? No. He condemns himself. If he refuses light, then he stays in darkness. And as long as he refuses it, as long he will stay in darkness. Yeah? He can stay eternally if he refuses the light eternally. <laughs> so it's up to the individual. Someone by the name of Princess would like to thank you for a very uplifting birthday. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> as human beings on earth, we have to fulfill earthly obligations such as food, clothing, a roof over our heads, make enough to pay the internal revenue service. How could we break away from these and start nurturing your spiritual needs. Mm. You still keep the roof up on your head, I mean, above your head. Don't take the roof away. <laughs> Just get enlightenment. Is that what he wants? Is that what he asks? Worry about material comfort? Don't worry, yeah? I stay in a tent and I'm still all right. Yeah? Sometimes the tent blow away, no roof is there, but I'm still okay. <laughs> uh, we had a meditation hall very large, accommodating about 7,000 people. Yeah. But last year, uh, some people talked something and then it's pulled down. 
Okay, we let it put out. We did not protest. We did not complain. We did not explain our, how to say, um, how to say, our, how to say, ungrounded accusation. Uh, we didn't bother. Yes, and then we plan to take, to bring, I say, raincoat <laughs> when it rains. Yeah, and uh, bring umbrella when it shines. Just to sit there, meditate. All the same. But when we are enlightened, other things will be okay also. Jesus has promised, Seek you first the kingdom of God, and other things shall be added unto you. I promise you the same. Yeah? Is it true that if a woman doesn't have a child of her own, she doesn't have a complete life? He, he wants a nonsensical answer, or what? Huh? Do, you, do you agree? No. no. They say no. Okay? <laughs> if God doesn't, uh, doesn't ordain you to go through the terrible labor pain, then you should be grateful for his blessing. Right? <laughs> we have enough children in the world. Oh, yes. My mind is hard to quiet for meditation. It is like a monkey who wants to run and play but not sit quietly. How does your meditation help quiet the mind to realize the true self? I just put the mind to sleep <laughs> by the light and the sound. The music will nurse him to sleep the light will comfort him, and then he's fast asleep. <laughs> Only the soul will be awakened. But nevertheless, continue with your meditation if you do not want to join us, and you will get used to it a little bit more. Yeah? But the thing is, if you med- sit in meditation, you use all your effort, concentrate on the breath, or on the heart chakra, or whatever chakra, all over chakra, and you get nothing <laughs> for return. Uh, in return, then of course the mind will get bored. Say, hey, well, what are you doing? You make me sit here for what? I want to see cinema is even better than this. I want to go and drink coffee and talk with friends. It's better. You see what I mean? I had a, a fellow practitioner. Oh, can I? <laughs> I sat all day on airplane. Okay. I had a, a... She's old. She's pretty old. About 60... Oh, no. 50-something, yeah? And before she met me, she had many other masters, and they taught her many methods, yeah? <sighs> Continue the, with the breath, sit in Zen for 15 hours a day, and all that. Eat one meal, and she says she sat and sat until she, she can sit no more, and her bottoms falls off, <laughs> and she can't get nothing. <laughs> Therefore, she can't bear it. And after she gets enlightenment, she says, oh, sometimes she sits for four hours. And she was so happy, tremendously happy, because of her happiness. Her whole family of AIM members are all happy, and they told me this, even though they were not initiated. And they tell me how beneficial it is, my work. So they encourage me to continue. The non-initiates, the non-initiates, yeah. Why is being a vegetarian so important to enlightenment? It is important to you. Hmm? 
you can get enlightenment also without being vegetarian because I don't require you to be vegetarian before initiation, but after only, you see? Therefore, you get enlightenment all the same through the grace of the Master. But we have to keep a loving attitude yeah, towards all beings because they are ourselves. If you eat all of your body's members, <laughs> after, <laughs> afterward you realize you have nothing left. Understand? Yeah? And also we should not be so uh, sinking into the material uh, taste, but to be immersed in the bliss of heaven. Every being deserves life. Therefore, we grant them the happiness of survival. I believe I could achieve more more closer relationship to God if I could erase the idea of God in the sense of being a person. Will Kuan Yin help me in this regard? Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's what it is for. Yes. We erase completely the separation, the individual self. And then we don't do what God does through us. I cannot believe that intelligence exists on this planet alone. Do you? Yes, true. It doesn't. It exists in all planets. Yeah? More or less uh, degree different to the location. It depends on the location. There are some other planets more intelligent than us. There are some other planets who are less intelligent than us. How am I to know my mission in life? In what in life? The motive in life? Mission. A mission. One's, one's work, job, oh. purpose. Oh, I suggest you, you get enlightened first, huh? and then you can see better. <laughs> Do you work with the White Brotherhood or the Universal Brotherhood? Yes, I also work with the Black Brotherhood. We don't discriminate. <laughs> yeah, of course, he meant the white brotherhood. It is the title for those enlightened beings who help the whole universe. Yeah, It was just a joke only. There's no black, no white over there. <laughs> when one becomes a master, will he or she ever have fear, doubt, or anger? We call Jesus a master. However, according to the Bible, Jesus was frightened the night before he was crucified and before his death, Jesus cried, Why God deserted me? Please explain. If Jesus had fear and doubt, how can we have no fear and doubt? Yeah. They probably will have fear and doubt. But that fear and doubt is not deep-rooted like us. You understand? If Jesus had no fear of the crucifixion, crucifixion then his sacrifice was not so great. He has fear, but he accepts. Understand? Whereby we have fear and we run away. And we try to blame it on others, or we try to escape, we try to put that cross on someone else. That is the difference. We might have fear, we might have emotion, but we can withdraw it anytime, or we can make use of the fear or emotion to the benefit of other beings. After enlightenment, all the feelings or the emotion are still there because we are made 
to have these in order to use them to understand other brothers and sisters. If you have no feeling, no emotion, how, how can you understand human beings? How can you help them? Understand? But the fear of the masters are different. The fear of the master sometimes are also affected by the fear of the disciples. He takes the fear from the disciples. So the disciples are fearless, but the master will take some degree of that fear. But that is only uh, very shallow and not deep-rooted. It's only illusionary. And the master on one hand has fear, but on the other hand definitely has no fear. You understand what I mean? Yeah, he knows. He has to have fear, but he doesn't fear the fear. Capital. Mm. What does Kuan Yin really mean? Please explain. Kuan Yin in our group means the observation of the inner word, inner teaching, yeah? inner music, heavenly music. Can love be truly unconditional? If God loves those who don't sin and loves and forgives those who do, why are we spending our life trying to avoid sin? Because it hurts us, not because it hurts God. Yeah? Whenever we do something that we know it is sinful or not correct, we hurt ourselves, our conscience we scold us, yeah? Make us trouble. <laughs> Therefore, we try to avoid it. Yeah. God loves all alike. Therefore, the sun shines on all. The rain doesn't, uh, uh, how to say, detest those poor or sick or sinful. Yeah? It's just we ourselves are responsible for the feeling of separation between us and God if we do something uh, unrighteous. Therefore, we should avoid it. Also, it is, it is a duty of uh, ourselves when we live within this world and we have interrelationship between each other, well, we have to keep an orderly society. Okay? Yeah. Um, the, uh, the beings that live on other planets or those that come in UFOs, do they share the same fate as human beings, the same vulnerability to suffering, the same need to reach enlightenment? Yes, some to some degree, but less so, less than our earthly, uh, earthian, because they are more advanced, they are more close to the Father, they have more light, more wisdom. Once one becomes initiated, does, does one need to denounce one's religion? No, 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 no. please not. Is our uh, we say that at uh, with the initiation you don't need to change your profession you don't need to change your way of life you don't need to change your religion yeah no problem don't change anything just uh, eat vegetarian that's all okay will we meet our beloved pets and animal friends in heaven after our life's journey is over yes if you want them. <laughs> If you want them, and if you are enlightened, you can take them along. Hmm? If you are not, you have no force to bring them. You have no power 
Yeah? You couldn't even bring you yourself to where you want, let alone your pets. What is the purpose of epidemic diseases such as malaria, AIDS, etc.? Are humans interfering with the natural process by trying to find cures for these diseases? Yes, you find some for these and other diseases will breed itself out. Only when men realize that he should surrender to God, to the almighty power which is within ourselves, only when men realize that in him there's a great healing power of all diseases and he should rely on that power alone, then all the disease will cease. All these are warning, warning, to tell that we should return to God. How long does it take to become enlightened to reach the highest level or God-realization? It depends on you. How diligent you are, how much you want it. Yeah? And also it depends on the Master. Is the Master powerful enough to take you through this level of consciousness and lead you to where you want to be? Yeah? How many kinds of samadhi level are there? What level? Samadhi. Oh, many, many. Many levels of consciousness. There are for also many levels of samadhi. But the last one is a non-samadhic samadhi. means you carry on working in the world just like an ordinary person, but at the same time you are always in samadhi. And it doesn't smell. That doesn't smell. <laughs> doesn't give out any <laughs> odor that you can smell. That person is in samadhi. That is the highest samadhi. Um, can one separate religion and science successfully and believe in both? I mean by this, uh, can I believe in God and evolution at the same time? Sure, 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 sure. The evolutionary theory supports support the, the spiritual progress yeah, of mankind. It's, it's the same. Very similar in science and re- religious theory. The only difference is that sometimes science reach only a certain height and stop there, and religious is uh, further and broader. Really, I think you've, you've uh, answered all of these questions yeah? already. fine. If there are some more, they should uh, go and get them from the, uh, maybe outside from the books or from information desk. So we will begin the so-called enlightening process. Yeah? So if any of you... <laughs> if any of you want, I think you stay and listen to their uh, information. And then I will come to see you later when all the so-called... <laughs> info, uh, the formal procedure is finished. All right? Because it's the first time for initiation, therefore you need a lot of things to do, yeah? Like a form to fill so that, and give us the address, so later the office will send you some more information, which we couldn't do it one day, in one day, or other things which is necessary for you, not, not also for the official work, yeah? And I come later. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Thank you.
You may take the fruits and the flowers. Yeah, they are yours. I hardly eat any. <laughs> Thank you for your love.